Hey, it's Todd coming to you from the Sports and Spiritual Library here in my apartment in Verona, Wisconsin. And uh, my friends had comfort keepers. They have in-home care elevates human spirit. Senior care, in-home care, respite care, empathetic caregivers are specially trained to provide uplifting care, transportation, and support driving to doctor appointments, grocery shopping, companionship, and personal care. Seniors thrive safely. CKMassin.com, phone number 608-218-4861-5950, Seminole Center Court, and Suite 200, Madison, Wisconsin, 53711. Thank you. Hey, it's Todd coming to you from the Verona Sports and Spiritual Library here in my apartment in Verona, Wisconsin. And uh going to read out of Experience, Strength, and Hope. And it is one... One of the one of the best books I've seen in Alcoholics Anonymous, the Experience, Strength, and Hope, uh, the uh, stories from the first three editions of Alcoholics Anonymous. What I like to tell everybody is that look look for the similarities, not the differences in these stories, because these stories are a big asset to the uh, big asset to people in recovery, and uh, I've gotten a lot out of them. That's for sure. It's always, it's always good to hear a different story too, and you know if you're looking for the if you're looking for the differences, then you're you're going to be in a lot of trouble. But if you look for the similarities, then you're you're going to be able to have a lot of success in uh, in sobriety with getting sober. So, well, what we got going on right now is we got the uh, Annie the Cop Fighter. Well. It's on page 203, and like I say, it's Experience, Strength, and Hope book. Uh, uh, Copyright date is uh, 2003, Alcoholics Anonymous World Services Incorporated, first edition, 2003. And this is a, yeah, this is a great book, and it's been very, uh, I've been reading on this book for, I don't know, last probably like the last four months, and I think it's great. So, it's good stories to go online, too. I started to drink in 19... Okay, Annie the Cop Fighter for 35 years. She fought God, man, and the police force to keep on being what she wanted to be, a drunk. But a telephone call from a gin mill where she was celebrating Mother's Day. Mother's Day is on Sunday, too, for us. Mother's Day brought in the money, AAs, to change her life. Hopefully that'll happen for somebody tonight. So, I started to drink in 1913 when a woman sat in the back, in the back rooms. We had a good time in those back rooms. I had two little boys at the time, but my family didn't worry me because one drunk always led to another. Of course, there were days in between when I was sober because I was broke 
but mostly I was drunk. So my husband left me and took the two boys. One was six and one was nine. They were going off to school in those days and it didn't worry me a bit. I loved the liquor. I loved the crowd that I hung out with. As far as my family was concerned, I lost everything of love and respect and everything else. Believe me, this is, this is no made up story. This is a true story for my own life. When my husband left me, I had to be on my own. I never worked, I never worked before, but I had to get out and get a job if I wanted to drink. So I got a pretty tough job. I wasn't any chicken. I was a woman of 31 when I had my first drink. I got a job as a cleaner after mechanics and buildings. I would have done anything to get money for drink. Any place I threw my hat was home sweet home to me. It could be a basement or a cellar or a backyard. I felt plenty low. But if I tell it may be, it will help some gal or some guy so they don't have to get drunk that low. Finally one day, as usual, drunk, I was standing on a corner waiting for a streetcar. And a guy comes over to me and he says, Lady, you're on the wrong side of the street. And I say, Mind your own business. And as I looked up, it was a feller in a uniform. So he had a few words. He pushed me. And I wasn't going to let anybody get the best of me. And I shoved him back. So we had a little tussle there, and finally I had two buttons off his over, overcoat, and he says, I'm taking you in. And I says, do as you damn please. I was a tough piece of furniture in those days. If Almighty God had come down, I'd have done the same thing to him. So I landed in the 62nd, I'm sorry, I landed in the 67th Street Station House, on the east side, and I stayed there all night long. The next day, I had to re I had to appear. I was fingerprinted for molesting a policeman's uniform, so I got five days in the house of detention. It didn't bother me whatsoever. The only thing I was worrying about how was how I was going to. I was worrying about how was the gang making out without me. I thought I was missing all over. But they made out all right. So I got out, and then I had to grab myself another job again. So what did I do? What did I get into but hotel work? That was during the Prohibition days, and the bottles were flying all over the place. When I went to work on the floor, my first idea was to look in the guest closets where the bottles were. I guess I was all right going in, but I was cockeyed drunk coming out. And I have helped drunk with me. One time I got so drunk, I blacked out and I fell asleep in the guest bed. I had to have the nerve to go back on the job the next morning. 
I didn't know what happened the night, the day before. And the housekeeper was right there with her little note in my check. Your service is no longer required. And I had the nerve to ask, why? Well, still all right. Well, in those days, you could get jobs anytime. It wasn't like today. If they'd ever looked for references from me, I'd think I'd never have got a job. Because I never stayed on in one. I never had hospitals, and I don't know why, because I was fit for hospitals many many a time. All the time I saw queer things crawling up the wall in my bedroom. 1918, I got pinched again for the same thing. I turned out to be a cop fighter. I thought I could beat my I thought I could beat the whole force. I landed in the same court, had the same judge. He asked me, was I ever arrested before? And I said, no, your honor. Just as brazen as you can be. And all he done was giving me that sneering look and he says, for lying in court, he says, you're not getting away with five days this trip. I had gone under an unassumed name and I had forgot I was fingerprinted. And I thought being away for two years, he wouldn't know who I was. Playing so innocent, but I got 30 days then. Five days off for good behavior over on the island. Another time I was in court on the same old charge of drunk and disorderly. 30 days, says the judge. And I was that mad and disgusting that I reared right up and spit clean right in the judge's eye. Was a distance of at least five feet, too. You should have seen him leap. Another 30 days, he says, for spitting in the eye of the court. Nuts to you, says I, when I had to serve the whole 60 days. Just the same. I was worrying about my liquor, worrying about the crowd I was hanging with. As far as my family was concerned, they never entered my mind. So I did my 25 days on the island. All I could do was look the, through the bars of the East River and see First Ave and the joints that I hung out in. When I got out of the workhouse that time, I got a domestic job. It was right on my alley because I got paid every day and paid by the hour. In my day, women only got 25 cents an hour, but the liquor was cheap. And that would be all there was to it. Maybe. I had blackouts. <clears throat> and many a night, I don't know how I ever got home. I always did say, well, thank God I'm in one piece. But where had I been? I would never know. I had never been away from home for 15 years. And one day I was walking up the First Avenue and met my beloved husband. 
He called me and he said, uh, where are you going? I was running like a blue blazes to a speakeasy to get a drink. I didn't know what to say. So I said, I'm going up to the five and 10 to get higher nuts. I want to beat it, but he says, wait a minute. So I did. And we had a few words and he looked me over and he says, you smoke too? Don't you? He didn't know what all I was into. He should have known the rest. I said, listen here, you. This is my body and soul, and I can do as I please about it. I have been on my own for all these years, and I can still do as I please. He didn't get angry over it. And then finally, he popped the question to me. Would you like a drink? Oh, oof. There's what I was running for. And I said, sure, I would. So we went into the speakeasy up along the line. We had quite a few drinks. And we talked over and I went back home with him. But believe me, when I went back home, it was too much of a decent life for me to lead. I didn't want that clean, decent life. I wanted to be what I was, a drunk. So I spent more time over on First Ave than I did at home. Of course, I went back home. My two boys were raised, which I will give my husband the credit for. He raised them as gentlemen. The oldest boy was married. The youngest boy was going to be Hantes to become a policeman. Brother. Well, it was all right. I had to take it and accept it. But every time I thought that uniform, but every time I thought of that uniform, it killed me. After that, it had been forced one year he got married. I invited to that wedding with his wife. I was invited to that wedding with his father. But I invited myself to the old gin mill over on First Avenue again and celebrated his wedding with my crowd that I had hung out with. That's the kind of mother I was. I went back home again anyway. I was always forgiven somehow or other. But I wasn't back home very long before it was the same old roundabout. Back again to the friends, the blazes with the family. When the doors opened up for the woman to sit at the bars, I thought that was the terriblest thing. For a while, until I got myself initiated to the bar, I was throwing off those stools so often that, believe me, it wasn't funny. I had everybody's answers. I butted into everybody's conversations. If a guy would fall asleep and leave his change on the bar, I was handy to help myself. He couldn't sleep and spend his money, so what was I waiting for? And I'd hang around like an old jackass until I got loaded. Brother, I was black and blue. I was kicked and I was banged and pulled by the hair. I'm surprised today that I'm not lame.
or something like that, the way I got was knocked and kicked. Then I got so low that I hung out with the guys and gals that were on the Bowery. I was a low stuck too. My whole, my whole clothes and my body were full of lice. How low can a woman get? Got in tow with a gal named Irene. We used to drink. When we had good money, we'd drink the best. But when we had the only a little bit, beer was good enough. So one day in 1946, I happened to go into our hangout again, as usual, and I asked Irene what she was drinking. She says, Anna, to tell you the truth, I can't take the next first drink. I'm having a Coke. She nearly knocked me dead. I said, Saints above, what happened to you? She says, I can't take the first drink. Well, I said, nuts to you. I'm having mine. But she says, I'm going to get you yet. I say, I says, over my dead body. She got into AA in March of 1946, and I was... In May of that year, Mother's Day was on the 12th. The day before that, I was having a good time in a gin mill again. And I don't know whatever come over me, but I asked some of the younger folks that could dial the phone to call Irene. I don't remember doing it. That was the old, uh, that was what they told them to me after. The next day was Mother's Day. And like everybody, and like everyone else, I wanted to be a wonderful mother that I had to use a gardenia for my coat. I went up to the same gin mill to celebrate Mother's Day. I sat on the stool drinking, and pretty soon in comes my friend. Oh, I says, hello, Irene. She says, hello, my eye. You got me looking all over the town for you. You made a date with me yesterday. I says, I, I, she says, not you, but the crowd in here had the ears ruling off me with the telephone. They said that you wanted to meet me tonight and you wanted to take, you wanted me to take you where I go on Sunday nights. Hum, I says. That's news to me. Have a drink. No, she says. I can't take that first drink. There's a cab there waiting for me to take you down to AA. Down to the old 41st Street Clubhouse. I landed. In those days, they used to have three meetings a week. Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. So I went down to that AA meeting that night. They took me to the beginner's meeting. I don't know what was said, but I do remember what that when the meeting was over, when the door of the first 41st Street Clubhouse opened, I sobered up. And that very first night, after 32 years of knocking liquor around, I drank Coke there and that night, and I went back and forth to the meetings for eight months. I was sober for eight months, physically but not mentally. I never mingled with a, with a soul in the meetings. 
I never shook hands or said hello to my neighbors sitting alongside of me. I never stopped for coffee. I just ran in and out. In the meanwhile, I got married the second time. I picked up a swell partner, another drunk like myself, and I would come home from the meetings and tell him all about these stories about these women hitting all the jails and so often and all the hospitals so often. And he says, you old so-and-so, you should have been there. You should have been there yourself. That's what I got for an answer, but it didn't bother me. Then one night, a little argument started. I think I was waiting to start something. Oh, it was a foolish thing over pig, over pig's knuckles, believe it or not. I was waiting for that pig's knuckles argument. He told me he was going to have a gang to eat up my, up my sauerkraut, my pig knuckles for Saturday night. And I said, you will in a pig's eye. And I went out for a fine load. Hold on, I only drank for two days, but I carried enough for a year or two. But I carried... I carried enough for a year in those two days. I got off that two-day drunk through the AA... Through the AAs. The nosy AAs caught up with me somehow or other. They went to the place where I worked. The women there were very interested in alcoholics. You said to me, you're drinking. I says, how do you know? She said, come on in, sit down a while and rest yourself. She says, Charlie, called up. I says, that son of a gun. He got me so advertised that this damned organization knows my whole business. Nobody stepped over my territory before in my life. Now I gotta get in now I got to get into a thing like this. They know it all. Don't get excited, she says. You're coming up to see they're coming up to see you tonight. I nearly dropped dead. They came up all night and I humbled myself. I felt so guilty. I don't know what AA does to you, but you can never drink the same again. They suggested to me to go up to a farm in Connecticut. Nothing but wide open spaces in the Berkshire Hills. It was a beautiful place. I stayed up there two days and I came back a new woman. Today I have a lot to be thankful for. AA has taught me the way of life. It has given me back my respect. It has given my... It has given back the love of everybody I know. It has taught me to show gratitude, which I never did before. It has taught me to be humble when I have to be humble. I have to... I am what you call a, look, a lucky woman. I live alone now. I have a television, which my... Boys have treated me too, and I now have a telephone too. I do love to go to AA meetings and I meet with everybody, the old and the new. I'm a 24-hour person. I live on that 24-hour plan. I am five years and seven months without a drink. 
but I could go out tonight, but for the grace of God, and get drunk. There's another thing I must remember, that once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. I don't mind the name of alcoholic, because I was called son of this and son of the that. Alcoholic is good enough name for me. So, I'm very happy. To newcomers, I say, go to meetings and God take care of each and every one of you. Um, it's really a good story. I like that. I, uh, you know, Sunday is Mother's Day and it's Thursday night and, um, uh, thinking about, thinking about the, uh, what all the people I've seen in the bars and about the moms and stuff like that and, 1913, that's a long time ago. Um, but the thing is for me that I when I think about this stuff is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how long ago. It was just, it's the same freaking disease that does the same to our minds and warps our warps us, our mind and our, our thinking and you know and, and our thinking is what the problem is. You know, it's the disease is centered right in the mind. And, um, you know, it's, it, it is mental health, it's mental health month this May. And, you know, I think about, think about that. I think about how messed up I, how messed up I was when I was, you know, getting into the bars and, you know, and becoming a, uh, oh, I was just in denial. And, uh, you know, and that was the thing for me was I just wanted to deny everything and I didn't, just wish people would just leave me alone and let me drink and and uh wish the cops would leave me alone and so on and so forth that so I could drink and not go to jail and not get DWIs and stuff like that. But reality reality was is that I was primed for the program and I was glad I got in the program when I did because, you know, being out until being not being in the program until I was 27, it felt like, it, it just felt like it was way too long. <laughs> when I look back on it. So, anyways, but what I'm trying to, what I'm going to say too is that, you know, if, if, you, if you're looking to get some help, get some help. Call the AA hotline. Do what it takes to get in the program. There's so many different avenues out there, you know, to, to go down that can help you with your mental health and help you get help. You're going to be an asset to AA too, and um, you know we're all looking for that. We're all looking. We're, we're looking for help, but we're also looking to help you. So, anyways, what I say is, you know, if nobody else has told you that they love you today, I do, and I say that with. And I say that with the power of love. Thank you.